I drop 30 on this room, we ain't gon' sleep for shit. If I catch you nodding off, then it's gon' be some shit. Well, you can do what you wanna, live how you wanna, spin what you wanna, be who you wanna be. We young stunner, till I D.I.E. You can do what you wanna, live how you wanna, spin what you wanna, be who you wanna be. I'm stunned. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. the one true king of the South, a.k.a. Um, a.k.a. Mashed Up Shouty, a.k.a. I'm in the house, but for real, for real, a.k.a. y'all niggas tripping, a.k.a. y'all really wasted the whole summer. AKA apparently in Atlanta, the pandemic doesn't exist. And on the hotline, as always, is, as always, the, hey, the, 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 the incomparable. Here incomparable. You Here you go. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole, AKA your favorite little shit talker. AKA that bundled up badass, soon to be bald headed badass because I can't stand having hair on my head. I have come to terms with the fact that I don't really don't like hair on my head. I like versatility. I don't like hair. We'll make it make sense. The we'll problem, sense. the problem is with you is like every time you grow your hair out, it your gives me anxiety. Ass doesn't get fat, but it also doesn't get your when you cut your hair, your ass doesn't get fatter. And, like, I feel like that's part of the handbook for every woman with a body is that, like, it makes your ass bigger. So I don't know who, you, which guy you need to talk to in order to get that calculation back, right? But you should talk to them. You know what pisses me off is that y'all will literally sit here and see these big-ass titties sitting right in your face, bypass those, and talk shit about the ass I don't have. Let's keep it, like, can we please just focus on what's in front of us? Literally. But, but in order to focus on what's in front of you, you must first know what's behind you and what you came from. You understand? Yeah, and ash just there's a reason, a thing. Like, there's a reason cars have rear view mirrors. Because sometimes you need to be able to look behind you and make sure shit is okay. But y'all don't go keep playing me like there isn't something back there. It's just not as big as you want it to be. Mind y'all motherfucking business, first of all. Anyway, you interrupted my aliases, nigga. A.K.A. that bundled up badass. A.K.A. Toximus Prime, A.K.A. Back on my bullshit like I never left it, and most importantly, that little baby who's finally nah. I ain't gonna play with y'all. I'm not listening. I'm not. I'm not listening. This is what happens. This is what happens when a nigga forget to bring you food one day. Jesus Christ! You know <laughs> like what? He, okay. He, he forgot to bring you food one day. Now here you go. I'm back on my bullshit. I ain't listening to these niggas. Man, he he just forgot. He forgot. I'm not gonna hold he offered you. That last one was real petty, seeing as though the only reason why I did that was because he had the audacity to buy himself lunch and didn't ask me if I wanted anything. Mind you, I was at work, so there was really like there there was nothing he could have done about it any fucking way. Anywho, friend, how are you? You sound better. Um, I am a lot of things. I am. I am a. I am nothing if not versatile. Um. I am, I'm annoyed. Okay. I am, I am hopeful. Okay. I am concerned. I am stressed out. 
but I'm also relieved. I'm a lot. See, I'm just a, I'm just a cornucopia of like things. Cornucopia of the fuck shit. Heard you. You know what I'm saying? Like so so like, and you ever have like those moments where it just feels like your brain is dragging you in like <clears throat> fifteen yes. different things. Man, That's I constantly walk around with like eighteen tabs open in my head. There's always something going on there. Like it's and one of them is always a music tab, but you're not 100 percent sure where the music is coming from. You just yeah. have a soundtrack in your head. And yeah, you're like, which one of these motherfuckers? Always. Is it? You know what's funny? Today so, was a kid cutty day. Really random, but I went back to like the man on the album. Very, 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 very random kid cutty day I had today. You just want dude, you just want to have a nigga moan and hum in your ear. You ain't slick. You know what? Anyways. You're not wrong. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have sex every day at this point in my life. Like, me, I may miss one or two nights a week. But, honestly, like, I'm getting my shit beat in on the regular. So, like, having a nigga moan in my ear is typically, like, it's typical. But that's what happens when you damn near live with your significant other. I didn't, like, I mean, anybody who lives with their significant other, basically, like, we both still have separate houses. Like, he has his house, I have my apartment. But we we spend nine out of, I mean, six days out of seven days together. So, I mean, yeah. As, sex- a, as, a, as a nigga who needs his space and his solitude. I'm a God nigga who needs you. her space. Like, I'm definitely a nigga who needs her space. I think a little bit. I think I gave myself credit for, like, don't get me wrong. I take copious amounts of alone time. Like, absolutely. I'm good for kicking niggas out. And what's crazy with me is that I need just a day to do whatever it is that I want to do, move how I want to do, or move on my own agenda, and then I'm good. I'm good. I'll see you at home at the end of the night. Okay. Different strokes for different folks. No Gary Coleman. Um, but, you know, I think so. So part of the reason I'm kind of I'm all over the place because, it's you know, got a lot of things trying to cook up, trying to, trying to figure out, trying to do. But also... I realized how warped I am. And he, and here's the story. And okay. this is kind of going to lead to our first current event topic. So this Sorry, past... I'm breaking down my weed. Weekend, ma'am. I'm not, listen, <laughs> just, the weed not going to grind itself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to grind itself. And listen, with the past couple weeks that I've had, thank God for herbs that burn and have a positive effect on my mental because, baby, I went to therapy. Okay, not to cut you off, friend, but since we are bragging about our spouses, I just want to take a minute to brag about mine and let y'all know that the good Lord's still working on me. And apparently my boyfriend got really tired of, like, not even tired, but he didn't like the mental space that I was in. Y'all know this man paid for my last therapy appointment while I figure out my insurance situation? Like, he paid $250 out of pocket for me to go to one therapy session he paid for this past week. I love him. And it's not even because he came out of pocket for me, but it was an investment in his mental health, too. Because if I'm not okay, what kind of girlfriend is he going to have? So even if it was for selfish reasons, he went out of his way to make sure that he took care of my mental health. And to be honest with you, I haven't gotten off my knees since, y'all. So God bless him. I, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how we got here. Um, but... <laughs> that just took a hard left in my head. All right, so basically, I would even basically. So part of the reason that I I am a little frustrated and 
and here's how I knew my mindset was warped, right? Because mm-hmm. over the weekend, over the weekend, um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has uh, passed away. Yes, R.I.P. Right? to that um, icon. Um, and so she passed away. She was 87. So she was 87. She was a multiple cancer survivor. Like, she survived cancer multiple times. Um, and I think she finally succumbed to a, a, a version of yes. it. Yes. Um, and here's how I knew I was warped was I didn't even like, or just how like shit's so fucked up right now. I didn't even, I didn't even like take time to properly mourn the person before I was just like, we're fucked. You feel me? Like that, like I heard, I, I got the, the news alert. I got the, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Right. And before saying like, damn, like that sucks. Like, you know, condolences. All the normal things that you should normally say. I was just right. like, fuck, we're fucked. Shit. Fuck on your, you know what I mean? Just because right. like, well, of all of the, for all of the kind of, you know, implications that this caused us. So before right. you, before you continue, let's explain what those implications are. Right. So Ruth well, Ginsburg. I don't want you to feel like you're alone in that feeling. I'm gonna let you like explain exactly why, because I agree with you. And to be honest, my knee-jerk reaction was the exact same as yours. It was, damn, like, this woman literally used the last years of her life, the last months of her life, fighting for a chance of democracy in this country, and she died doing it. And then also, like, the, that, that the rush of fear that you felt was my knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, my fucking God, what is getting ready to happen? Especially to me as a woman, everything that Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for affects me personally as a woman. So where, where does the state of this leave for me, right? But then I had to check myself and I was like, nah, she's still a human being though. Like you're near more than just what your effect is on this world. And selfishly, I had to check myself about that. But go ahead, friend. All right. And so, and we'll get into kind of, you know, again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has our, has our good and our bad, just like everyone else. We'll get into kind of that, that point later on. Because I'm saying that because I don't want to forget it. But so the implication, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for those who don't know, it was a Supreme Court justice. So Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments. So we can talk about whether they should have lifetime appointments or shouldn't, a different episode. We, you know what I'm saying? But like, we they try have, not to get lifetime, into the politics. They, they, they have lifetime appointments. So basically, it's once you get on that motherfucker, you don't leave unless you either retire or die. You know what I mean? So, so where the current court system is, it was a a five four split. So five justices were appointed by Republican control, Republican president. Again, these are lifetime appointments. So, for example, um, I think Clarence Thomas was appointed in like the first George Bush, not George W. His daddy. Yes, um, the Ruth first Bader, Ruth, Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed by Bill Clinton. Like we're talking like nineties, and you have you know people who were appointed on the second George. Like so, basically lifetime appointments. So like they appoint you, you expected to serve years upon years upon decades. So right now we have five Supreme Court justices that are appointed by Republican presidents who are considered conservative. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg RBG was one of the four appointed by Democratic presidents, presidents or liberal judges. So 
again, we try not to get into politics, but let's put it like this. A lot of the legislation that has that or ideas or kind of like executive orders that 45 has tried to implement that would severely impact disadvantaged communities, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a woman, whether you're an LGBTQ member, whether you're anybody who ain't a straight white man, a lot of the stuff that he has tried would have been enacted if the Supreme Court didn't rule such unconstitutional. Right. That's what we call, so it's checks and balances, right? So it's like the executive branch, legislative branch, judicial branch. I'm not going to get into all of that because, I mean, you can watch Schoolhouse Rock or pretty much any video on YouTube. But pretty much it's designed like, okay, if one person is wilding, there should be another branch to be like, hey, nigga, stop that. Right. So currently, in this current scenario, yeah, Republicans control the executive branch and half of the legislative branch. And they have a five-floor split in the, in the judicial branch. But one of the people is kind of like a centrist. He's kind of like an in-middle niche. So he's just like, you know what? He sometimes sides with the conservatives. He sometimes sides with the in-middle niche. And since Trump be wilding, he generally be sided with the, the, with the liberals on, like, his most egregious shit. Right. With, with, with that, with RBG passing, that opens up a vacancy. And so here's where we get into the argument and the nitty gritty of it, right? So in 2016, um, Justice Ant- Anton Scalia uh, passed away. He was a Republican uh, Supreme Court justice appointed by first Bush. He passed with he passed early in the year. So like if we vote on November, he passed in like January of 2016, like over 300 days before the election. Um, President Barack Obama at the time wanted to appoint Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court. Now, Merrick Garland, by all accounts, is not super left-wing or super right-wing. He's very in the middle. But because the Republicans at that time were pretty much, I don't give a fuck what Obama tried to do. We just gonna vote against that shit. They blocked his nomination because I think at that time they had control of the Senate. And the Senate is the person who kind of, you know, the Senate is the uh, body that confirms Supreme Court justices. Yes. So they blocked his nomination. Didn't even bring up to a vote. Like, said, nah, nigga, like, we need the American people to decide. Because, again, it's a presidential election here. We need the American people to decide who gets to put the, you know, the next Supreme Justice on. That's never been done before in history of ever. <laughs> like since they started doing, since they started conferring Supreme Court justices in the Senate, no one has been made to wait that long between a nomination and a confirmation. Mary right. Garland waited three hundred days and didn't get and didn't get in because they they made they made they pushed it off until November, and when November came in forty five one, it was like oh it's over for you. And so then, 45 got to appoint his first Supreme Court justice. Then someone else, then someone else retired, and 45 got to appoint his second Supreme Court justice, Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh is important because he had very credible sexual sexual assault allegations against him. Right, right. So he he was out here like in his Senate confirmation hearing. He was just out here trying, you know, pretty much. Like, it was a trial, like, did you or did you not, like, 
sexually assault this young woman. What the fuck? And so he got confirmed. And so here's why there's a there's a, a fight coming. So all of the all of the Republicans, the rhetoric that they said was we need the American people to decide who gets to put this next Supreme Court justice in. They did that with over 300 days to go until the general election. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed 46 days before the general election in 2020. But because, again, rules only apply to one side of the party, one side of the, of the spectrum, it feels like. A lot of those same Republicans who, who once said we need the American people to decide we don't need to put somebody through until the election are now flipping course saying we need to get somebody in there. We need to, you know, go of ahead. Course. And, you know what I mean? So, again, so it's, a, it's a hypocrisy. The reason why this is important is because if there is a 6-3, because there's nine Supreme Court justices so they can break any tie, if there's a 6-3 conservative majority, a lot of the protections that have been protected are, are, are in jeopardy. For example, the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, has been attacked many times by the Republican lawmakers of the legislature, including the president. But the Supreme Court justice has always defended it. That's up for that's up for debate. Roe v. Wade, the the landmark case that allowed women to get illegal abortions, also up, up for grabs. Yep, up for grabs. Those are the those are in this all of the like you know stuff affecting the Dreamers, you know immigration, all of these things that like pretty much all the laws that Trump tried to pass and people are like, hey fam, that's not constitutional for up for grabs. That's why it's super important. And that's kind of why I was like, fuck. Because she... Okay, I'm gonna, let's keep it on. Let's keep it on it with her. Right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired in like 2012. She absolutely should have. Because in 2012, eight years ago, she's still like 79. But she was, you know, she was feeling like she was on top of her game. She was ready to go. And also... Again, let's keep it a buck. She wanted Hillary to name her successor, not Barack. She wanted another white woman to name who was going to replace her. Because at that point, everyone just assumed Hillary was going to win. So then when that didn't happen, now, as her health continues to get worse, I mean, it's, it's, it's messed up to say, but her, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying wasn't necessarily a surprise. Like, for the last two years of her life, it felt like, Every month or, or two, she, she would have a health scare, or she would have to go right. to the hospital for something, or she would have to, you know, be in ICU or something. Like it was clear that she was fighting to live just to make it to hopefully a new president in her eyes. So, but again, that's it's arrogance and ego, right? Because again, a lot of people were telling Ruth, like, baby girl, you're 80 and like you've already beat cancer once. You beat you got diagnosed with cancer for the first time in 2009. You've already beat cancer once. Reti- like, retire now so that o- Obama can name a-, a successor for you that's going to be, again, with lifetime terms, that's going to be in the Supreme Court for years. She didn't want to do that, so which led, to, which led to this point. Also, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, again, this is her words, she was, we talk about all of the kneeling in the Black Lives Matter protests and like Colin Kaepernick. She wasn't for that. Like she's on record saying like it was distasteful and you know just on record slandering Colin Kaepernick. You right. know what I mean? But again, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily take away from all the good that she's done for women. 
But it's also like, look, just because someone dies doesn't mean that we have to forget the times where they were wrong on something. You know what I mean? Think, like, and and so also, sorry, go ahead. And, and and also, I think we have to stop painting people as fully right or fully wrong. Because 99.9% of us have moments where we are on the right side of history and we are right and, um, and have moments where we were dead ass wrong. And I think sometimes we try to, we, we start painting people in these broad strokes. Like, yeah, you could have been right 90% of the time, but, but you was also wrong 10% of the time. And because you're a figure, we have video of you being wrong 10% of the time and you standing on that wrong. We, you know what I mean? That, that is what it is. Doesn't take away all the good you did, but you was wrong here. Chris. So here's the thing. And I think that's where I chime in at. I think we forget that people, and this is, okay, because I see us doing it with um, AOC, right? I think we have to stop. How do I say this? I'm trying to find my words. I'm trying to find my Listen, words. Listen, these politicians are politicians. No matter thank you. how much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, no thank, you how- thank you. That's exactly what I'm getting at. They are still, when we start doing the thing that we're doing with, like, AOC, that we did with Obama, that we did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. When we start Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. When we start like making these people bigger than being a politician, when we start making them feel like, oh, like we're sexualizing AOC now just because she's young and attractive um politician, we're not used to seeing that. Right? We sexualize Obama because he was a black man who could wear a suit and who was seemingly good to his wife. Obama's still a war criminal, guys. You know what I'm saying? Like Obama, some of Obama's policies. Now, don't get me wrong. The ones that we see and we hear most about are because of the way that the Trump administration has been attacking them and rolling them back. So we don't we we forget how many protections Obama did put into place. But he was not scot free. His administration was not scot free. We just we glamorize and we uh, immoralize some of these politicians and we forget that there are still politicians that are elected officials that we still need to be holding accountable for their transgressions and their responsibilities to us as U.S. citizens. And that's and second, my point. And secondly, and secondly, also on the flip side, you know, it's, it's weird because I brought it up. It's also on the flip side. Understand that because these are politicians, to be a politician in general, you got to kind of do something that maybe the average American person wouldn't find okay. Especially right. when you get to the level of president. When you get to the level of president, you got to do some shit that, like, the average American citizen's like, nah, nigga, that's not, that's not it. But I think oftentimes we, as a culture, as a culture who probably leans more to the left, we also, we, kind of what we said last week, yeah, like, you're not fully perfect, but, like, we shouldn't cut off our nose to spite our face because of it. Like on the other side of the coin, they know that they know that they people aren't perfect. They don't give a fuck because they know it's a it's a tool to what they want. And they know, look, this motherfucker got hella flaws. I don't agree with him on everything. He did some fucked up shit, but out of the out of the comparative choices, he's the one that's gonna get me closer to what I want. Versus us, we do this with all of our we do this with all of our all of our um candidates. If they not a hundred percent perfect, we like nah. We ain't fucking. I ain't fucking with it. Nah, I ain't fooling. I ain't fooling with it. And I understand. Listen, this time frame again. We try not to be political in this time frame. I get it. Like, I guarantee you, Biden wasn't my first choice. 
But also, no. we have to understand. We have to understand that social media is an echo chamber. You follow niggas who generally agree with your opinions, and you follow niggas who generally are the same mindset, same demographic as you. you that's what you follow. He won all them. He won all them primaries for a reason, my nigga. Like they, you know, what I'm saying like he won them primaries for a reason. It wasn't like we just made that up, no nigga. He got the votes. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, does it suck that you that that he seems to be caring to someone who doesn't look who who isn't the same as you? Of course it does. It does. You know what I mean? But also, I'm when I'm driving around and ride around, you know, and trying to keep myself sane in a swing state <laughs> known as Ohio in a in a county that's very much. 50-50, four years ago, places I saw Trump stickers, I see Biden stickers now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have people who voted for one way who voted me up. So I, so I want people to understand that, like, look, your timeline ain't the real world. It's just, a, it's a curated list of people that you follow because you either think they're pretty or you agree with their opinions enough that you want them on your page. I agree it's with that. Not indic- it's not indicative of what's going on out here for referral. Understand that and then move accordingly. And again, you got to ask yourself out of, out of which two of these candidates, which one is going to get you closer to where you want to be and your goals? If the answer, excuse me, if the answer is legitimately none of them, cool. Do what you got to do. But I guarantee you have a choice. I may not even like your choice. It's your choice to make. But I guarantee but the majority of people who are listening to us, there's, we've seen what one motherfucker going to do. And we've seen what he wants to do for the, if, he gets, if he gets another go at it. Versus of the other person. Again, if you feel like you are not in a better place now than you were four years ago, there's a choice, in my opinion. You may be you may be up. If you up, cool. You figured it out. But if, for a vast majority of us, and again, the, the stats prove it, <laughs> you are not in a better position now on September in 2020 than you were September 2016. Do you really feel like that's going to change unless we make changes? I'm just asking. Um, but before I go, Rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest condolences to her family because before she was an icon, before she was a Supreme Court justice, she was a person first. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. She was a sister. She was a wife. All of those things. Again, we know who she. We know who what she did. We know her actions. We know the the public persona. These people knew the person. And again, it is. It, it, I apologize for having a knee jerk reaction of what she meant. And not taking the time to realize who she was to the people who who was as who was close to her. So rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I hope, hopefully, you know, what I'm saying, God rest, God rest your soul. Hopefully, your your body is no longer is, is no longer suffering the way it was while I was there on earth. Yeah, R.I.P. Ruth. Um, I I I can't add anything else there, Calvin. You you kind of summed it up for the both of us. So we won't spend too much time on it. But y'all. Let's get to the shits. Let's, Let's get, to, get the to the fucking shit. All right. Now that we got that out the way. So I actually did start watching the Social Dilemma doc on Netflix. Calvin, you want to explain to the people what it is? I, I, so boom. 
So the social dilemma is a, is again a documentary on Netflix where it where they interview. It's a documentary drama, so it's one of those documentaries that also have cutscenes that are for dramatic effect of like actors, right? Mm-hmm. So they interview former high level of, of, of employees of all of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, all of them, Uber, all of them. They interview all of them. So like these are people who like created that. They interview the nigga who created the like button for Facebook just to show you how high level they got on some of the shit. Yeah. And so they basically are like talking about okay how what's, what's the problem with this and, and how can we fix it? And they go in depth in detail on like how the algorithm is 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 de- is not designed for the humane best interests of us. It's designed for the advertising and the influencing best interests of us. And as someone you people understand like in my job, my day to day basis, I work as a digital marketing specialist. <laughs> like that's my job on the day to day. So some of the stuff I already knew. We because we sell, we sell this capability to our customers. We say, look, we can target people who in this demographic who are most likely to fuck with your shit. We can target them. right, right zip codes. We have behavior targeting, like because again, we have you know what I mean because again, oftentimes social media. You willingly give us, you know what I'm saying? We willingly give social media, Google, access to our data. We willingly do it. Like all of those terms and conditions that you skip through, that you just kind of, you just, you just, you just scroll through and click I accept. All of that shit's in there. Where it's like, not like we get access to your location data. We get access to your phone data. Like if you ever, for example, Every time, if you have to say, hey, Alexa, and Alexa already answers, or hey, Siri, and Siri already answers, guess what? They're listening already to you. Right. So the part about this, a part about the documentary, right? Because I told y'all that I would watch it, so I actually did. Um, Look at you. Fuck you very much. Look at you. Fuck you very much, Doug. Look at you go. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) Doug, when we watch Clean and Slim, we should probably just have Doug on the episode, the episode that I finally watched this shit. It actually might be next week because I even now have the boyfriend wanting to watch it too because I keep having to mention the fact that I haven't watched it. <laughs> so, and I'm also tired of the hate mail about you niggas calling me fucking lazy because I still have not picked up this goddamn movie. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's not true. even a pickup. It's literally on HBO Max. It's on there. I will you- watch the fucking movie. You don't even have to like download a link or like go to a sketchy ass site. You don't got to do none of that shit. It's literally right there. All right. So I am lazy. Not the point. Okay. So um, the opening scene, because I was like, all right, they're describing like, all right, I'm not going to lie. The beginning first, probably like five minutes when they're showing all the clips of all these high level officials for all these sites that they have now left. Right. And I'm pretty sure that we'll get into NDAs later because how these niggas were even able to talk about this shit is astounding. But they're talking about, they sounded honestly like my parents, which is probably why I tuned out the first maybe five minutes, right? Because they're complaining about social media being addictive and all the other issues and how there's social implications and yada, yada, yada. And then the question was, the, the, the interviewer, the producer asked them, they said, so what's the issue? What's the problem? And the fact that I knew... Them niggas all took a deep sigh. Right, right. 
it was a part where it was just like, I know, I know what the issue is, and I know exactly what they're talking about the issue is, but finding words to put it into like perspective, to put it into plain English, what the issue is, there are no words for it, but you know what the problem. And you can't voice what the issue is with the system without using the system in this. It's almost like giving the definition of something, giving, saying the word in the definition for the word. It's yeah. that ingrained and it's that like indebted into who we are. It's, it's wild. No, I can't tell you what the problem is with social media without, without using social media. I would have to Google what's the issue with Google. That's how, <laughs> like, that's the problem with social media. Yeah, and, I, and so it was kind of going through and, and so it was talking about just the algorithm and how like it, it basically, social media is basically a lot of mini experiments that they can run. It's called A-B testing. So I can, I, okay, I have a group of 10,000 people similar in demographic. I show half of them A. I show half of them B. What are the results? Right. Okay, cool. And, and it's like, it's, 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 it's fine-tuning itself. And so the one thing that fucked with me was like our news feeds and how like we could be me and you could be sitting together in the same space on the same platform and have different news feeds because of like the the the, the social media feels like one's going to be more important to me and one's going to be more important to you like that right. shit like it's that it's that fine too and it was kind of showing how like this you know this white this white family was just getting fucked up over so social media was fucking their life up. The one no, I will say this though. Um, spoilers alerts are in play here. When when Shorty, when the youngest daughter, when they told yes. when they put their phones in the box and they put their phones in the safe, was like, nah, we're gonna have dinner as a family for an hour and like five minutes in, it's like her phone went off. And she and like she tried to open the safe and, and her her mom was like, baby girl, like you can't open it. It's a time lock, like it's a lock. It's locked for an hour, just like chalk it. And she went and found a hammer. Yeah. And broke open that bitch. I was like, nigga, this is fiend activity. Like I've seen this activity from crackhead. You know what I thought about? And maybe, maybe it was just me watching the shit. But you had me fucked up. And this is the black mom in me that just leaped out, right? You had me fucked up when I told you to go do something and yo a little ass got up from my dinner table to do what the fuck you wanted to do, that's when you would have had me fucked up, number one. Number two, when the little bitch got a hammer and started destroying property in my house that you don't pay shit for, for a cell phone that's probably attached to a family plan that I know you're not paying for, I would have whooped her ass. You got me fucked up. Honestly, I'm going to be real with y'all. That's when I think I tuned out because that wasn't realistic for me. I, as a black child, was never allowed to do no shit like that. And you bet your bottom dollar kiddo would never try me like that. Ever. I this think, was some I white think, again, shit. That was some it, white ass to shit. Americas. To, to Americas, right? It was like, the white mom just looked at like, the dad was like, Appalled. do something. No. <laughs> and he was like, go talk to your kid. I was like, nigga, fam, I just, again, to Americas. Because again, everyone who was raised by a black parent was like, I, I could never. I could, nigga. Bro, not I, only. Not only did I, not only did you put some shit away for an hour, and in five minutes I said, "Nah, fuck that, I'm gonna get my shit." 
That would have been a strike. I wouldn't have made it to the hammer. She'd have been like, look, I told your stupid lord. First you know of all, she, me. she getting up from the dinner table? You're, you literally looked me in my face and told me to go fuck myself at my dinner table while you eat my food on the cell phone I pay for? Woo! Nah. Nah. And, nah. And then, nah. and then, and then, because I, we wouldn't, black people wouldn't have made it to the hammer. We would have got our ass beat when we got up from the dinner table after she told us, like, let our phones sit for an hour. We would have made it. Then you get to the hammer. I was like, so now, oh, so now we're destroying your property, huh? Okay, bet. That would have been the last thing I heard. And then I would have woke up in, like. You would have woke up to the hospital beat. I would have woke up to the sunken place. And the guy would have been like, where the fuck am I? You would have woke up to hospital beat. Then literally the machine just taking your post and me sitting in handcuffs explaining to the officer why I whooped my child's ass. You got me fucked and then up. and and then with the mom saying like blaming like I, I, he made me do it he made me do it I don't know why he made me do it but he made me do it like it hurt me more than I hurt him and I'm like it's hey, not I'm even a blatant lie your honor your officer judge Miss Mamas whoever I'm talking to let me explain to you what this child just did over a cell phone and I'll be honest with you as an adult as a grown ass woman who pays her own bill at this point right. And shout out to y'all who are in your late 20s who are still on your parents' phone bill. I fucking can never. My parents would, like, me and my parents have a family plan that at this point is in my name. Like, yeah, we're on a family plan under my name. Like, hell nah. no. My, no, my parents kicked me off the plan only to have me rejoin it to put it in my name because it's cheaper. That is, anyway, that's some black ass shit. Listen, because, listen, you said that, like, me and my mom are still, we, we still on, we on Calvin, the same plan. You're an only child, Calvin. And so the <laughs> fuck? It's literally, you want to talk about family plan like it's not two of y'all. You can literally attach yeah. a string to a, to a styrofoam cup and still have the same family. Don't, don't play <laughs> now, don't. You, you, saw, you talking a little too spicy. Hold on, Calvin, baby. Relax. Calvin, please. Relax. It's literally just you and your mom. I'm on my phone. Actually, it's like it's not. It's 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 it's, it's like it's a couple. It's a couple more. It's like it's a, it's a total like four. We got like four phones on it. Okay, so you added a cousin or two, Calvin. Please. Is that not a family? Is <laughs> that not a family? <laughs> All I'm saying. All I'm saying. Calvin, please. Calvin, Calvin, please. Anywho, <laughs> anyway, not to give away, nigga. not to give away too many fucking spoilers, y'all. I would honestly check it out. The irony for the social experiment, I mean, yeah, the social experience, though, the irony for me is that this was a Netflix documentary. Coming from Netflix that, hold on, wait. That, that has an algorithm. Has its own algorithm and honestly encourages hours of binge watching. So, no, you may not necessarily be on your phone, but there is a Netflix app for your phone. And also, it encourages you to put down your phone to stare at another screen. So they're not completely innocent. And it is, I did find it ironic that nobody from Netflix was on their own documentary. Because they participate in the same thing they're criticizing. So yeah, it was on, I mean, it's also, I remember watching Patriot Act. Um, I love Patriot Act. They canceled that motherfucker too. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And like, even the host on Patriot Act was like, from a shade at Netflix on some episodes, because it was like, yeah, Netflix does some bullshit, but they paying me, so, like, I gotta kind of say it because they still do some bullshit, but also they write my check, so I can't blatantly say it, but you see it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, but let me be like real. How... Let's be real about it, though. Let's be absolutely real about it. And the reason why Hassan Minaj still has my respect about it 
is he didn't exclude his employer from criticism. And that's where a lot of people lose me. Just because you're smoking the dope or you're selling the dope doesn't mean that what you're selling is not killing and negatively affecting people. Getting high off your own supply and assuming that you're excluded from the excluded from the things that you're criticizing is where you get it fucked up at every time. Hassan Minaj didn't get high off the, his own dope, and that's why he still has my respect. But yeah, um, it's and and I, I know some people are trying to fight the algorithm and trying to like not like shit, trying to do whatever. At this point, it's kind of it's kind of like. It's honestly mopping the ocean floor, right? <laughs> like, at this point, I think it's it, it fucked up because we know there's an issue, but we also know that, like, there's nothing you can do about it for real, for real except delete social media. And, and we know a lot of people aren't doing that because especially in the middle of a pandemic, social media is the only way you're connecting to, like, 85 to 90% of the people that you know unless you live in Atlanta, in which you're just going out like everything's fine. You what? know what? Them niggas in Atlanta really think that they can kill COVID with a fucking hookah cold. I swear to God, they. I swear to God. Well, if in fairness to Atlanta, if if you already survived HIV, I'm pretty sure they think like you can survive COVID too. I don't know, but yikes, Calvin! <laughs> uh, please don't get us canceled. That, listen, all I'm saying is them niggas are a different breed of niggas. And niggas is gender neutral. Niggas is non-binary. Them niggas are a different breed of niggas in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they got cars in Atlanta that run off of hookah smoke, hypnotic, and dollar bills from strippers. Don't I forget just, the Hennessy, because niggas in Atlanta swear to God, Hennessy is like burner. Like you could just inject that shit in your veins, take an hour, lay your ass down, and be back. In the streets, it, right? No, here's the thing. It, it runs off Atlanta runs off of Hennessy, Puka, strippers, and, and lemon pepper wet and lemon pepper wet wings. I'm dead. That is what Atlanta runs off of. And so because that's what Atlanta runs off of, they're like, nigga. I was out here wilding before COVID. You think this COVID gonna stop me, nigga? That pool party that everyone went viral was in Atlanta. There were that, a couple niggas in that video we know. And let me tell y'all, if I, there's a reason I haven't reached out. I mean, hell nah. Because if you're that stupid, you're that stupid. I'm cool. You know, we're some, we're, we're, sometimes you can't save people from themselves. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta let people who cap on the app, who, who just, just, just cap on the app and just let them, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta put your own mask on first before you save others. That's what's called in the airplane. Let me go ahead and walk my last statement back because there could be something said about my own stupidity that landed my black ass in the hospital. But so let me not judge too harshly. Let me just say this. Let me let me let me say this. Okay. He without sin shall throw the first stone. And that's where I ended at. Am I? We've literally been in lockdown and quarantine and under some type of restriction for seven months now, going on eight. Okay, that is damn near the entire year. And we are asking people for a lot at this point in time. There are two pieces to this, right? And I know you guys are so tired of the COVID corner here on this here podcast, but we are starting to be social. We are trying to be social responsible, okay? So bear with this. My point about it, and I'll wrap it up, is that there are two pieces to COVID that I, I want us to stop having the argument because two things are true. Did our government fumble this ball incredibly hard? Absolutely. Did it cost millions of American lives? Yes. 
Did it have to? No, it absolutely did not. But at the same time that I am holding my government accountable and responsible for the way that they tricked off the fucking dope when it came to managing this virus, I am also looking at you niggas who were incredibly irre-fucking-sponsible for the way that y'all went about knowing what this virus could do and still choosing to move very, very, very dangerously instead. It was a choice. And all of the choices, all of the choices involved in this come down to, okay, believing in science, hearing, okay, your government is clearly, you've been told since the dawn of time that Donald Trump was not to be trusted with this. And to listen to the CDC recommendations on how to take care of yourself during this time. Some of y'all just didn't care. Some of y'all didn't care. Some of y'all just blatantly chose to do what you wanted to do. And for that, I do hold you accountable. But at, there's, at, a, there's, a, there's a fine line, right? It's a right. fine line between, okay. So At, at month seven, be, the only thing that I'm going <laughs> to ask niggas to do, I'm sorry, Cal. At month seven, the only thing I'm going to ask niggas to do at this point is to at least wear your mask. If you're going to be social, do it responsibly. And, and to not at least keep in mind the people around you that you are affecting by being out the way that you are. That's it. Yeah, because again, no one, yes, two things are true, right? First of all, most of the government, we are in month seven of a pandemic. Government gave us $1,200 total to make that, right? Obviously, right. they could, there could have been a lot more done to kind of help people stay at home. But also, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a huge difference between getting out the house and, and being socially distant and responsible and going to pack clubs and cheering hookah and going to pool parties hosted by Boozy and going to concerts hosted by Big Lotto. There's, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's spectrums here, right? And no, no one has, besides a very, very high risk, besides a very, you know what I'm saying, have, has fully been in the house. Also, again, I believe we need to stop the cap on the app. But I know for myself personally, besides there was one weekend, there was like one weekend where I felt truly exposed and it was a weekend we went to Columbus and then like I came back for Sunday and then like it was supposed to be just a quick little brunch turned into something not so quick and I was like, oh fuck. Like but also I felt so uncomfortable that I was like people were trying to hug me. I'm like elbow back up nigga like it's a pandemic. Don't touch me. You know what I mean? It's like, if you can't accept the elbow or the salute, nigga, don't touch me. Like, oh my God, hi. No, don't get off me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I haven't seen 85 to 90% of the people I usually see because of it. You know what I mean? But also, the moment that that moment that weekend transpired, that 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 next Tuesday, the Tuesday after that weekend, I was like, I need to go ASAP because. Oh, yeah. After that, I I absolutely got retested for COVID. At this point, I'm not going to lie. Getting tested because of what I do for a living, getting tested for COVID is at least twice a week. I mean, not twice a week, but every two weeks I'm getting tested for COVID. Because it's like, to. okay, that was a lot. I was like, that was a lot. That was a lot. Of, that was a lot of things. Okay, but also, I'm not that. That's not my every weekend. That I, it's not. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I do on every. Listen, I'm be again the same seven or eight people I've seen since March. You know, I've seen. I've only seen them niggas. And again, it's, it's a two pronged thing. If you, I understand, you want to get out the house, do it socially distant, do it responsible, wear, wear your mask or stay home. What, uh, what, what scares me is that because we tricked off the summer, 
fall's coming. And so so rem- all the all that cute outdoor dining that all of these cities figured out, fam, if you if you live in the Midwest or the East Coast or anywhere that's not the South, you have about a good two to three weeks before that shit gets too cold to do. What are you gonna do now? Mm-hmm. All all of you know, those patio dining, the p- little patio bars that popped up, all that shit. That, nigga, that's gonna end in two to three weeks. We live in Ohio. Niggas are in the Midwest. We can see snow in October. <laughs> like, let's Absolutely. be so okay. So now you're forcing what you're forcing people back inside. You're closing. You're reclosing now. Not to mention all the, all the cases that hopped up because colleges reopened. Cool. We tripped off the dope that way. And what scares me for the first time ever, honestly, the day I'm gonna get a flu shot because I'll be damned if I have the flu, COVID, tag team. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, no. And it's possible. Niggas, niggas can't get both. I will. Not, not I said the fly. So for the first time in my life, I'm going to go get a flu shot just because I don't trust you niggas. <laughs> and I'll be damned if I get both. Because that shit will, will run through your body like the Tomb Raider. I'm good. No, I'm good. I just think, like I said before, you niggas just need to be careful. Dog, and now we talked about this last week. And stop and hanging out with your with your old ass grandma if you come come to the hookah lounge, you disrespectful bastard. Y'all really I'm just sorry. relax. Just, Leave just... Big Mama alone as if you want to go to the strip club. You got stripper glitter on, you're gonna see the big mama's house. You some bulls. That's some bullshit. Y'all literally be coming out of P Valley going to church service looking like fucking you know, also I saw the flyer in Cincinnati for C Valley and I'm not impressed. That first of all, most C Valley just sounds disgusting. It sounds it sounds gross. It it sounds like there's nothing there's not gonna there's nothing gonna be there besides five I'm good. No. <laughs> like could you imagine I mean, could you these imagine niggas are not like, clearly they don't give a fuck about their health. Clearly you don't. Clearly you don't. A lot of you niggas that are walking C Valley just sound like it's just a pool of germs and things that you can't cure. I'm Good. And I'm shaming any one of you niggas who decide to go. I don't give a fuck. You niggas should know better. You assholes. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to be happy and like no. relaxed. And, and that shit absolutely pisses me off. That y'all niggas are dumb asses. And I feel you like it's my, my responsibility to tell you how dumb you are. Fucking well, can idiot. I be honest here, friend? Yeah, let's take a pause. Yes, you can. Pause, shall we? Because my, be my, my boyfriend is absolutely the greatest, and I'm going to tell y'all why. Okay. So for the past three days, I've been craving something sweet. But I've also been watching my diet and just cutting back on a lot of things. Like, I would be the first person to tell y'all, I do not drink anymore. I drink, like, I don't do hard liquor anymore. I do, the hardest I'm going to do is wine. Especially because I'm not going to hold y'all. Last Sunday scared the fuck out of me. I'm cool. So if it's not a bottle I haven't personally opened, I don't drink in public. Like, no. I don't even have a spot I feel secure enough to say, oh, I'm going to pull up for a quick drink. No, I'm cool. I need to chill out. I took that as a sign of God to start looking at my life differently. Um, so no, I don't, do, I don't do hard liquor anymore outside of my house. And if I am going to do anything, it's going to be a glass of wine, period. And I need to watch you pour it. It's, it's very, it's a lot, okay? Um, 
But no, my boyfriend understands that I've been kind of struggling with my appetite and just getting back to feeling normal or whatever. And I've been craving sweets lately. So he really, while I've been sitting here recording with you guys, he just walked in and gave me a thing full of like vanilla ice cream and it's got the vanilla wafers on top. It's so cute. Sorry, I had a really corny moment. I had a corny moment. Sorry. I, I'm not. Corny alive? I'm here. I'm here. What's next? What's next? Sorry. I'm trying to be really nice and. You was getting ready to shit on my whole little moment. And to be honest with you. And I'm not. That's why I need you to tell me what's next. Because I'm really trying to be a good person. So what's next? Are you ready to argue? Are you ready to argue? Absolutely. Absolutely I'm ready to argue with your ass. All right. I'm seeing this trend of men who are getting on unprovoked mind who are getting on their social media pages to argue about spoiled women oh i sometimes with a spoiled girl you got to start telling her no fresh out the gate so she understands the boundaries she knows what the vibes are this pisses me off right because you also absolutely pisses me (laughs) off because number one I dated a guy who thought humbling me, quote unquote, was going to be a way to like woo me over or realize for me to, I guess his, his idea was he was going to call me spoiled, explain to me, talk to shit to me, literally to my face, came out of his mouth to tell me all the things he was not going to do, do for me and then expect me the panties to just melt right off. The audacity of this nigga, don't know where he got it, wrong bitch. Second, I can explain. I can explain where he got it, but that's a different story. You can absolutely leave me the fuck alone. If you understand that I am spoiled, I am self-proclaimed spoiled. I kind of tell you, I don't even tell you that I'm spoiled. You can look at me, talk to me, spend five minutes talking to me. You know that it's not even spoiled. I'm well taken care of. There is somebody who has no problems in taking care of my ass. I've been taken care of since I popped out my mama. There is not the men in my life. I only date men who have no problems in taking care of me because I have no problems in taking care of myself. And talking to men who feel like get a kick out of humbling women irritates me. Like, what the fuck is your you problem? Said, you, you, can... said, you, you said something there. And, like, I'm going to put a pin in it because I want you to get your full point out so you don't think I'm talking over you. But you said something there. Continue. Go right ahead, friend. Go ahead. <clears throat> me, me, me. All right. So, basically, look, at, look here's, here's what it is, right? A couple things. One, men do not hate spoiled women. Yes, they do. They hate, girl, I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. <laughs> I'll let you talk. I'm really trying to be a better person. Help me. Um, men do not hate spoiled women. They hate spoiled women that can't return that investment. It's two different things. Because, again, I've always been told, women told me this, a good woman is an investment, a bad bitch is a bill. And there's a difference. So, first things first. Again, and also, men do not hate spoiled women. They hate spoiled women who can't provide the spoiled stuff they ask for for themselves. Like, okay, if you got, if you get it like that on your own, cool. I ain't mad. You know what I'm saying? I ain't mad at you for that. But if you can't get it like that on your own, but you then you come talk to me and you expect to get it like that, even though that's not your standard. I'm cool with you. It's a diff- It's a different level. Okay, it's, it's, that it's makes simil- sense. It's similar to. It's, you told me, and that's the, here's the thing. It's similar to like if I walk up to you and I ask you what you drink, 
and you say 1942. Okay, what do you drink when you're the one buying? Because it's like, you, you, you don't drink that on your own tab. You drink that only when someone else's tab is on it. Cool. That's, that's your hustle. I'm opting out. So here's the, so here's the thing. And we're not going to argue as much as we do. Because, again, you sh- as a man, if the first moment that you see an action from Shorty that does not vibe with what you want in a girlfriend, and you, that's what you're trying to head to, absolutely get the fuck out of there. Ain't no point in complaining and saying, you feel me? It's get the fuck out. I say this to women all the time. You, you when some women will love to complain and then stay. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, at that point, I can just now tune out your complaining because I know you're not going nowhere. I agree with so, that. That's how I feel as, about women who complain a, about niggas that cheat on them. Girl, you're not going nowhere. Com- complain and leave or stay and shut the fuck up. Like, both of your two options here. But, so the difference is, right, a spoiled woman who then, in turn, gives that back to the man. Whether it's mm-hmm. in, okay, you take care of the home, you take care of the kids, you take care of whatever, you know what I'm saying? So that, so, so it's, so he's paying you for your services. I ain't got no issue with. Or you, you buy, you, you, he he buy you shit. He buy you shit. He wants. He buy you shit. You mentioned that one time in that random conversation, but you also do that shit for him. Also, no issues for me. It's it's the women who who want that attention who want to not have to speak for shit. You know, I hate, I hate the whole phrase, like a real man just going to do it. He not even going to ask. Well, how is he, how is he supposed to know how to love you until, unless he asks? How, how are you supposed to know how you want, you know what I mean? Like there's communication involved here. If I just assume how you want to be loved, that's fucked up because I'm treating you the way I'm treating the last chick. And if that's not how you rock, say something. So, so, but the women who the women, hold on, let me finish the point, and then I'll, then I'll, then I'll tag you back in. The women who want to be spoiled, but then re- return none of that investment. Like, I'm sorry, baby. Like at a certain point, when you get to a certain type of person, just because you bad ain't enough. Like the niggas that the the the, the nigga of caliber, the, the caliber of men that you want has already fucked bad bitches because you wouldn't be with him if he didn't carry the aura of someone who already fucked bad bitches who already gets high quality top notch women can we pull over right so there so therefore can, hold on can, go can ahead. we pull over go right ahead. here i want to pull over go right ahead. here okay those are not the men i'm talking about the men that i'm talking about and you're and i'm gonna be honest with you calvin you everything that you said is absolutely right i'm not talking about that because i'm absolutely a spoiled woman who also i what's crazy i don't talk to men who aren't also bad bitches let me explain because i know you hate when i say that <laughs> All my male friends, all my male friends, all the men in my life are bad bitches. My father a bad bitch. You a bad bitch. My boyfriend a bad bitch. Hell, our entire, have you met Santana? He is a bad bitch. Like. Can you, can you add context <laughs> to that before that goes viral and, I, and niggas calling me a bad bitch now I gotta fight? Add context, please. <laughs> Let me add some context, okay? I heard you was I, a bad bitch. Now you got a black guy. So, so we're both. We're, now, Allison up? got you out here. All right, y'all, disclaimer, do not walk up to my co-host calling him a bad bitch because if he don't beat your ass, beloved will, okay? Full disclaimer, okay? So hear me out. 
the men that I also attract are also just as high maintenance as I am. And that's period. Like my dad, if I came around my dad one time, mind you, I was just going home. I came home in a scarf and some sweatpants just to like, I was passing through. I was on my way home for something. My dad cussed me out. You don't leave the house like that. Let me need a feeling. Let my toes not be right. Let, let, let a piece of my hair not be just so. My father's letting me have it. For coming out of the house looking less than what the fuck he knows better than. The men that I date understand they'd meet me nine times out of ten if you met me, right? I was probably in heels, a face full of makeup, nails were done, hair done, everything did. You did not meet me lacking. You did not meet me like that. Even if I had on a t-shirt and jeans, you understand that that t-shirt was pressed. Those sweatpants are clean and, and probably new. The sneakers I had on or the heels that I had on were shiny as fuck, like probably brand new. It's not, it's not just looking good. It is because I am good and it reflects in everything that I do. You're not meeting like, so, and I meet men and the only men that I actually am attracted to when I talk to understand that aesthetic because they are that themselves. They're not going to talk to no woman that they have to polish up and beat the dust off of before you can take her, take her out somewhere. No. So I talk to, so when I, when I hear men, and I've also dated a man who was high maintenance himself and didn't understand why I carried myself the way I did. Mine fucked, the, mine fucked me to death, honestly. But meeting men who get a kick out of dating women in order to humble them irritates me. Because it just lets me know that you yourself lack self-esteem. You yourself aren't, at, aren't the, that nigga or the person that you claim to be. So in order for you to make yourself feel better, you have to lessen my ego in order to stroke yours? Fuck that. Date women. So what? So, so wait, well, my recommendation is this, okay? Because I, if I'm going to talk about the cause, I'm also going to provide a cure, right? Date women who you don't have to lessen in order to make yourself feel better than. These are also the same kind of men that only get money and, and get to a certain stature in life just so they can attract women who at one point in time wouldn't sneeze in their direction. Date women who actually make you feel good about yourself. Because if you come to a bitch like me and you try to try that shit, not only am I going to cuss you the fuck out, I might beat your ass. But that entails me breaking a nail possibly. So I won't even, I'm not going to trip over that. Like, nah. I just want men to start dating people that actually like them. So they'll stop complaining about women that aren't interested in them. To, start, to, to wrap this up, to wrap this up, what, what, what you describe is called neck. And so negging actually originated in pickup culture. So remember back in like the mid 2000s where like pickup artists were like away and like pickup artists were like the chefs and promoters and like would teach yes. people how to gain all that shit. So negging is a term that's basically like, it's like, it's a backhanded compliment. It's a compliment or with an insult wrapped around it or vice versa. It was, you know, it's the, it was like, oh, and I've had I've had people try to nag me like, oh, you 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 would look so good if you if you lost a little if you lost a couple pounds, or you know, saying like, Ooh, that, that dress looks amazing on you, but them heels could use a little bit of work. That sort of thing because it's, it, it, it 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 it's a mind trick. It's like it's psychology. So psychology in those sort of things is like, okay, they gave me a compliment, so they're not a full asshole because if I just come out and assault you, you're not gonna fuck with me. But right. it's also. If I give you just a full compliment, you you you, you just you, you you don't you think that I'm I'm not something to be on too. So it's like a compliment of insult. It's, it's designed to trick the brain and be like, okay, 
that person rocks me, but they don't fully rock with me. How can I win that person over? And so that's, it's a, it's a mind trick. It's a dirty game. Listen, there's a reason I got off the game because the game is dirty. The game is ugly. The game ain't pretty. And the game was no longer for me. Because I was like, you know what? How, how motherfuckers are moving nowadays? I'm straight. <laughs> you know, you feel what I'm saying? Because it's like, if, if the game is rigged, the only way to win the game is to not play. Otherwise, if you go low, I go lower. And it was like, it, it, it was becoming a constant back and forth on who could give a fuck less, right? Mm-hmm. Who could care less? Who, who, who could go the longest without texting back? Who could, who could look the less thirsty? And I'm like, that shit, that, that is corny to me. Because you have to artificially front like you don't care about this person. Or artificially front like you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, that you're not interested in what this person's going on in order to try to get them to reach out to you. It's, it, it's a weird, it's, it's some high school shit to me. It's like it's like pushing a girl down on the ground on the playground because you like her. That shit's corny to me. And so what my solution is, is not only date people who like you, date people who you like, right? Because all, all the women who, who try to back, who try to get somebody who, they, who they're not physically attracted to because they want that person to kind of lavish them with gifts and attention because they feel like they're out of their league. That's corny. Don't do that. Because after a while, you're going to keep tormenting that motherfucker. And eventually, he's going to get fed up with your shit. Or you're going to get fed up with his shit. It's not going to work. So date people who you like. Date people who like you. Sometimes it takes a while to figure out if you like somebody or if you don't like somebody. Cool. Also, it's like gambling. You're always taught, don't bet more than you're willing to lose. You feel me? Like, if I bet 100, that that means I'm willing to lose that 100. I can't bet a hundred if I'm only willing to lose fifty, because mm-hmm. if I lose a hundred, I'm ass out now. Same thing applies. There's a lot of people who are just getting over some hurtful ass shit, some hurtful ass relationships. Niggas done got you fucked up. Bitches done got you fucked up. Everybody got you fucked up. You know what you're willing to put into a new situation. You may just want some friends. You just want you just want somebody you can rub on at night. You may just want a fuck buddy. You may want several fuck buddies. You may want a thruple. Who the fuck knows? In a pandemic. Thruples are becoming popular because we're like, shit, we got to pay these bills somehow. But don't try that with me because somebody's going to die. <laughs> and it's not going to be me. Leave Listen, us alone. I know your girlfriend. Your girlfriend is actually one of my best friends. She don't fucking fight fair. There's not so many women on the planet, of, uh, on this planet, on God's green earth, I don't want smoke with. Her and Bandits, probably not. Anybody nah. else I'll take my chances with. No, Bandit scares the fuck out of me. Bandit scares the everything. fuck out of me. Absolutely everything I love and on, on, on everything I love and then some things I don't they just scare the fuck out of me and so but you know what I'm saying but like whatever you're willing to put forth whether it's a friendship to a relationship to a companionship to I just want to get my nut off cool put forth that and no more because if you try to if you try to front like you're ready for more than what you're actually ready for you're just wasting everyone's time and you're going to hurt somebody in the process so also again men the first sign you see, you know what I'm saying, you see somebody that ain't vibing with what you vibing, get the fuck out of there. Like, if you've been on however many, whatever many dates in your head, and she hasn't offered to pay for one, or offered to look out, or hasn't got you anything of gratification, it's the only thing she's giving you is pussy, and that's not how you rock it? Leave, my nigga. Because again, if you're a certain, hold on, if you're a certain quality of man, you know that if you, if, if if you're moving in a, in a respectable manner, and that in the and your partner, potential partner, is not moving in a way you feel like they should move, 
leave because you can find someone else who is going to move how how you want to move. It's very simple. Also, but okay, and hear me out, friend. And it's not to be argumentative, right? There are men, right? To to get back to my point, there are men who absolutely adore spoiling their girlfriend. Like there are men out there who just that's just what they do. They'll do anything to see their girlfriend happy. Do anything to see her smiling. Anything to see her on top of things. That that's just the kind of men. Like you know, the, honestly, that's the atypical man that I've dated. Like stereotypical man. He's bald. I mean, he's typical man I dated is typically bald and bearded and short. This time he's just bearded and short, not necessarily bald. And he's actually not bald at all. Thank God. I can't do that. Never mind. That guy. Focus. 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 My, focus. My focus. point. My point of the matter is this: date people you actually like, and if you feel your need, you if you feel yourself trying to neg somebody or play that kind of game with them at our big ass age, just leave them the fuck alone. Which is also just honestly my point. You met me at peace. Or whatever state that you found me in, leave my ass in if you realize that this isn't for you. Or, as a matter of fact, why don't you stop, instead of just pursuing me in efforts, because honestly, another conversation for another day for sure, but men think that they can change women too. They absolutely do think that you can mold and quote unquote build a bitch. And I ain't just talking about Dr. Miami. I'm genuinely talking about the niggas who meet women who are, who check off some of their boxes, not all of them, but they really get into this mindset that you can mold and change her into something that she just isn't. You can't. You can't. So I, I just, I, I want to end this by saying, this portion by saying, leave people how you found them. If you're not for me, it's okay to say I'm not for you or this isn't for me and go in peace. We spend too much time trying to one-up people. We do more good than we do, I mean, do more damage than we do um, help by trying to, by expecting people to be something that just, they just fucking aren't. I had, so a, I had a very problematic thought about starter kit people, but that's not, that's not my point. I just, I just had a, it's not, it's not. That's why I didn't, I didn't formulate it. But like, so, you know. Sometimes you got to kind of just, you know, find your place and find your footing. And sometimes you need to leave people alone until you do that. And, and I know I know somebody, and you know, what I'm saying who who's struggling right now in, 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 in the relationship department as far as like just, you know, not finding people who are compatible, not finding anyone who's, who's on the same time. They all, you know, what I mean, this sort of thing. And I'm just like, I feel like it's that person's bad energy and bad vibes because like you're going into every situation with the baggage of failed situations and you're going into every situation waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's like, fam, that's probably the reason that like you're continuing to find, you know what I'm saying? People who aren't where you at. And so I was like, so I'm, so I'm literally trying to break, break this person down to like, okay, bro, like, what do you want? Right. Like what at the bare minimum, what are you looking for? Are you looking for companionship? Are you looking for a relationship? Are you just looking for something to get your dick wet? What do you want? Let's start there. And because, like, you know, people, other people are very t- they're telling them all these different things. And it's like, look, what do you want first? Because you're clearly frustrated at how shit's going. So let's, let's break this down. Well, you know, sometimes in order to, you got to build a foundation before you build a house. What do you want, bro? Okay, cool. That's what you want. Because you're mad, you're, you're mad at how things are going. You're mad you feel like people are just using you for whatever. 
if you know what you want from junk, have that mindset. Like, I just want, you know what I mean? But also, have know, know how much you're willing to lose. Like, it's, it, it, it's made fun of because niggas don't know how to phrase it well. But, like, if you know that, like, you would feel some type of way, you spent X amount of money just to find out if y'all weren't compatible, cool. Find shit to do that's under that amount of money or amount of time, amount of effort that you won't feel some type of way. Dude. Cool. Because we don't want to harbor bad energy and, and harbor a, a, a level of bitterness because oh, I dropped X amount of money. I spent all this time on her and she ain't fucking with me. Cool. You have your limit. You know your limit. Work within that limit. Find some creative shit and know how to fight it. Niggas ain't... I know plenty of women who go on walk dates. They just don't call them walk dates. <laughs> you feel me? I know, like, hey, I'm in, you know, pre-pandemic. Hey, I got, I got about an hour to kill before my next meeting. Do you want to meet up and grab a drink? Meet up and grab coffee if you don't drink. I know plenty of people who go for that. They just don't phrase it as a pre-date. You feel me? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a phrasing thing, too. It's like, you motherfuckers out here trying to go, I'm going to take on a walk date before I find out if she rich, or I'm going to take on a pre-date. No, no, no. Niggas do that shit. They just don't call it pre-dates or walk dates. Thank you. Sometimes, sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to package the dope in a, in a way to sell it. You, feel you, me? Can, you can call just it, listen, you can absolutely, fried pig skin is called a pork rind. If it said fried pig skin, I don't think I'd eat it. Right? But, right. It, like for instance, it, I, I got into Brussels sprouts as an adult. You cannot pay me to eat that shit. But, guess what my black ass like? Cabbage. What the fuck is a Brussels sprout, Alex? It's the same fucking thing. It's, the st- it's literally the same thing. I hate it when we have to play the semantics game when it comes to dating. I absolutely hate it. I hate the fact that it's called the dating game because that's the last thing that I want to, to play, games about, play games about, which is funny as fuck coming from me, okay? That is funny as fuck. I have to hi, pot, hi, hi, Pot. I want you to meet my friend Kettle. Uh, hi, Pot. Meet some- Kettle. We got a lot of shit in common, apparently. But that's my point. Because I'm really, really good at playing the game. That doesn't mean that I like it. That doesn't mean I like to. I just understand that this is what it takes in order to get what I want or, get the, or, or see that I get what I want, whatever the case may be. And sometimes in this game of dating, you win some, you lose some, okay? But I just want people to really, at the core of it all, a lot of our dating issues could be solved if we just started talking to people who liked us and liked us back, who we like and liked us back. It's it in the moment you realize, in the moment that you realize that you don't like her or she don't like you or y'all don't like him and he don't like whatever, the moment you realize that this on. is not working out, rip the bandit off, leave. Where people get fucked up, but not only do they not fuck with, they fuck with people they don't like, but the moment they realize they don't like them, they try to they try to keep it going, like off of some sense of obligation or for some sense of. I don't want to waste my time. I've already spent six months. Like, if you find out a year in that you don't like this motherfucker no more, leave. <laughs> Instead mm-hmm. of... You, don't continue to make a mistake just because you spent a long time making it. That's how I'm going to wrap it up. Don't do that. I agree with you. I absolutely agree. Brian? What's up? Uh, I'm trying to think. So, last question before we jump up off of here. I wanted to end this on, on you know what I'm saying? Did we talk I, about I, NDAs? Did we? No. Did you want to talk about NDAs real quick? Yeah, it's real quick. Niggas. <laughs> Celebrities. 
Any nigga with a bag. Any woman with a bag. Because, again, why aren't y'all signing NDAs? And I understand there's a, there's a little there's a stigma of NDAs because it's like, if you're not doing nothing wrong, why you need to sign an NDA? Because, because y'all it, do a lot of shit wrong on the back also, end. But also, as a, as a, a celebrity or as someone with money, you, in most contracts, there's a morality clause that can, is very vague on purpose. Meaning that nine times out of ten, if some shit comes out that it, that it looks bad or looks off or even it's not even necessarily bad, but it's like weird, they can enact that morality clause and take away your check. So it's honestly first things first is protect your chicken, protect your you know what I'm saying as Marshawn Lynch will say, protect your money. But secondly, as a celebrity, as a a public figure, excuse me, because I think celebrity is too strong. Some of you are public figures because you've got an Instagram page. Your reputation is part of how you make money. At the end of the day, niggas, niggas have to believe in you as a person, as a brand, in order to believe what you're selling. With that, I agree. everyone that you deal with intimately, especially if a, they're not your partner, or B, y'all do some shit that's not necessarily considered mainstream, has leverage over you in that fact. So, sign the N- make them sign an NDA. And if they're not willing to sign said NDA, don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just chuck it. Because again, because of your influence and celebrity and your public appearance, you generally could find someone else who looks as good as that person who's willing to sign it. Now, obviously, this does not this is this does not include any sexual assault, any sexual any abuse of any of that case. Like, I'm not saying that shit. But on if you if if you just like some freaky ass shit, sign the NDA so that way they can't then go on a podcast with fucking Adam Twenty Two and tell the whole world you like some freaky ass shit. And the way the internet works, again going back to the social dilemma, lies. And what's considered fake news travels six times faster than the truth. I could come on here, I could go on my platform, I can go on my social media right now and say a lie about anybody on, uh, who's, who's, who got a little bit of fame. That shit will trend be way faster, way longer, and way quicker than the actual truth about what happened. You know that. And in, t- in 2020, if you are not social media savvy, you should hire a team that is. There's no excuse at this point. Social media, we are the, me and, and, and Ali, our, our generation is the last generation to grow up without having social media. Social, we grew up with social media, but we know what it is without it. We know what it is when you had to go on dial up and, and hope that no one was on the phone so you can go on AOL.com and shit. We know what we were there when we were making MySpace pages. We were there when we when Facebook was just for college students. We were there. Everything after us, that's their generation. So at this point, if you are not social media savage, because you may be older, I guarantee you could hire someone who is. You niggas need PR teams. You niggas need crisis management teams. And you niggas need NDAs. Because there is no reason... Your mama said something really bad about a woman in particular. I'm trying to be a better person. There is no Please, reason. Calvin. I'm trying. I'm, I'm being better. I didn't say it. 
There is no reason that anyone should be able to just willy-nilly go on a podcast and share all your sexual exploits in business. Woo! With, with, without consequence. Because if you signed an NDA and she broke it, that's breach of contract. You can sue her ass. Cease and desist. Now the, lot, now the bell's already rung. You know what I'm saying? You can't unring a bell. She said what she said. He said what he said. But you can make that motherfucker pay legally to make sure no one ever tries you again. August Alcina, he should have signed the NDA. <laughs> or, if he, or, or, if, or if he broke it, I'm pretty sure Jada Pinkett and Will Smith are suing that nigga right now. Odell Beckham Jr., same thing. All you niggas who have, some, who have a lot to lose, who are fucking out around with people who have less to lose than you, need to sign NDAs. Let's keep it a buck. I mean, I agree with you. Calvin, you're, you're never going to get an out... Where you're never, ever, ever going to get an argument out of me is keeping motherfuckers out of your business at all costs. If you don't have a reason to be here, you will not be here. And that's period. I don't... Here's here's what frustrates me. You niggas have enough money, power, and influence to do better. Or at least pay somebody to do the thinking for you. Y'all not doing that. I, I, we used to, me and you say this a lot. We say that a lot of these, we, we talked about how rappers, singers, and, and rappers and singers and entertainers in that industry need media training. So do athletes. Because they are absolutely Especially losing, athletes, actually. Especially, especially athletes, actually. Because y'all, excuse me, getting in front of these microphones, y'all are flying out groupies, you're moving, you're, you're acting like, and you know what? I can't even say y'all acting like y'all ain't never had no money. A lot of these athletes never had money. They never were put in front of a check this large, had this much to lose at this young of an age. There's, you do need management. We're talking about 18, 19-year-olds who are getting million-dollar contracts. The hoes are coming. The groupies are coming. The latcher and the leakers on. The yes-men. All of these people around you, and nobody's there to tell your ass no. And Nobody see, this is this is where I this is why we part we we hit we hit we 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 busted left because I know for example the NBA and the NFL have rookie symposiums every year and part of the and kind of teach niggas how to get to the league and teach niggas what the like the league is like and part of that is money management and, and reputation management they have people coming in old war stories of people like Allen Iverson people you know what I'm saying who are infamous like look bro like learn from my mistake so because again. Celebrity is is a, is a celebrity and is a predatory situation, right? Because nine times out of ten, these athletes, singers, rappers, entertainers got rich fast, like right. very fast. Like you came, like you came from the bottom, and now you now you have a lot, and it happened very quickly. It's all it's it's like you literally won the lottery. You feel me? We should start treating these things like we treat lottery winners. Like, for example, the moment I win the lottery, the first call, okay, the first call is going to be to my mom. The second call is to an estate estate lawyer, a tax lawyer, and and just a a regular fucking lawyer. Be like, yo. I'm not not going to hold you. If I were to, this is a great There's not going to be a third call. It's going to be those two calls. I'm like, yo. Hey, mom, we made it. Life for me is going to look very differently and very a lot more quiet. I'll be the first person to tell you. And once I, if I were to ever make that kind of money, when Calvin, not 
What's crazy is that I don't aspire to have a massive amount of wealth. I mean, that's never been an aspiration of mine. I aspire to be, oh, I aspire to be uh, successful financially to the point where I don't have to worry. I'm not worried about my child's education. I'm not worried about my bills. I'm not worried. Whatever, whatever number that is, God, I'm pretty sure God first got me. Because I've never aspired to having a massive amount of wealth. Never been a dream of mine, right? But I will be honest with you. If I were to ever be blessed enough to come into that kind of wealth, right? And God says, okay, I need you to be a good steward over this type of money. The first phone call I'm going to make is absolutely going to be to my, whoever my, whoever's over my financials at that moment. Pay off all my debt and all the debts of my parents. and then. We're going off the grid. I might throw my cell phone into the fucking ocean. Y'all just going to get mysterious, like money is going to appear into y'all accounts. You're going to know it's from me. Don't ask me about it. Just handle y'all business. And, and I'll talk to y'all when I, I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Yeah, like, honestly, um, the call us to my mom, the call us to the attorney, and then the call us to whatever phone plan I have. Like, we're going to change numbers now, okay? We're going to change the numbers. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, change social media passwords we're gonna we're, i'm not gonna be bad at same social you're not gonna no, know no. me i'm not even going to tell y'all i won the lottery all oh absolutely not their, all these people claiming their lottery winnings and masks and wigs and shit i'm right there with you i am the last bitch on the planet y'all need to know is sitting on a couple i'm sitting on a couple thousand i don't need y'all asses to know that shit you know what i'm saying like it's, and, it's, yeah and I think I could be sitting on a couple singles, and I don't want y'all niggas to know that shit. Like it's <laughs> and, just yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So it's, and so like we see plenty of people who get rich quick, lose it quick because just because you got money doesn't mean you're good. You you you, you magically become better with it. So and so and honestly, that's the same with these athletes. Like you, the athletes, these entertainers, you got famous and you got rich because you were very good at one particular skill. You could rap well. You could sing well. You could play ball. You could do what you could act. That doesn't mean that you automatically became a jack of all trades and good at everything. That's arrogance. It takes a certain type of arrogance to get that famous at, and to get that good. But it's also like that's arrogance. Like you know, nigga, you don't invest in your homeboy's record label. You know what I mean? Like don't do certain shit. And also understand these motherfuckers are sharks, and these hoes are sharks. Listen, I know, I know women personally who every time, who every NBA draft go to New York and wait for them niggas to, to come out with the, the, the draft hat and, and go looking. Man, there's a, mm. there's a video of a, of a tall-ass white guy faking like he got drafted. He literally was in, the, he literally showed up to the, to the building. And then just pick the team. He feel like a Utah Jazz or some some team that niggas wouldn't actually know the players on for real for real. And was walking around Manhattan and was like, "Yeah, I got drafted." And was getting all types of shit. Got free drinks. Got got entrance in the clubs. Was making out with random women. And he he just was faking the funk. So imagine someone who they know is just like honestly protect yourselves. And I and we we very rarely you know, have sympathy for people who are a part of the 1% or people who can claim to be a millionaire, but there's stories upon stories of people who've had it all but lost it. And if you, especially because nine times out of 10, these are black and brown people. Once you get there, you got to stay there. 
and the way you stay there is to is to leave these messy hoes alone, and to also understand that like just, it's it's very touchy because just because you made it doesn't mean you have an obligation to then become the bank for everybody else in your family and in your friends who who didn't Thank make you. it. Survivor's remorse is absolutely a thing, and I think and and. Not necessarily that I've encountered this because I'm absolutely not the most successful sibling. I'm absolutely not. But my sibling who is, she talks to me about this all the time. Like, yeah, it sucks seeing that there's family members that lives that could be forever changed if I were to give them the X amount. But I'm not obligated to do that. And when I needed the X amount from them and I knew that they had it, they spit on me. So it's hard for them. Like it's it's absolutely real. It's hard being like, a, it's hard being the cousin that everybody call when when someone has a need to, to fund a funeral. It's hard, or right. whenever someone has this grand business idea, they always call you like, "Hey, cuz want to be an investor." It's it's hard being that person. I think again, it's we hard. generally have we, we don't have sympathy. We don't have sympathy for people who are doing better than us, right? Because we're like, "You're doing better than me." Fuck you. But it's also you gotta understand when new levels come, new devils. With every right. time, like River, River, reason they say money can't buy happiness is because the well, more money you get, the more problems that other motherfuckers can't fathom are on your plate now, including these messy assholes. I agree with that. I think, like I said to you before, Calvin, my biggest issue is is this: if you sign the NDAs, you can hold people a lot more accountable for the shit of for the portion of your business they have no business they have no business in. And it's okay. Everybody pillow talk. Everybody pillow talk. There's a friend of mine who's actually in kind of up shit's creek with me right now because they decided to pillow talk with their partner about something they had no business pillow talking about. Another story, another day, right? But had I made that bitch sign an NDA when her partner decided to run her fucking mouth to me about whatever the fuck they ran her fucking mouth about, yeah, I'd be able to sue her ass right now. Can't do that. Wanna know why? Want no NDA. And I'm a broke bitch. So you pro athletes who have the money, power, and influence to know better, make these hoes sign contracts. Yes, yes, that one night stand jump off. Yes, she needs an NDA. She, uh, she especially NDA, needs NDA. That's why you got bitches, like you said before, on podcasts running their motherfucking mouths. Now we all know Odell Beckham likes to get pooted on. Bro, well, I didn't need to know that shit. Man, I just, I, I, I was hurt. I was hurt because I was like, damn, nigga, like, and you know what I mean? It's like, damn, nigga. But it's also like, again, and we we make fun of people who taking those extra precautions. Like, you know, Drake, you know, Drake will like take phones. You know, it's like, no, no phones. Like, but it's also like, when you have more to lose, when you have a reputation to to kind of uphold, those things have to be in place. Like, if if you are a famous black man in America that is single, you should have a standard NDA. Like, uh, one oh, already yeah. printed out, ready to go to any woman who says they want to fuck you. Okay, you want to fuck me? On the nightstand, my nigga. On nigga, the nightstand. Nigga, have a docu-sign. Nigga, electronic copies. Like, nigga, cool. You want to fuck me? Cool, sign this. But why? I mean, we vibing. I mean, we vibing, cool, but like, sign this. If you don't, if you don't want to sign that, that's fine, but get out. And, you me? and here's my thing. If we're vibing so well, if you actually like me, doing the things that it takes to protect me is a no-brainer. And that's just where I'm at with it. If you don't want to sign it, get out. That's, that's kind of what it is. Like, be vibing cool, you want to fuck me cool, sign this. 
I mean, it's it's really, really not hard. It's not simple at all. I mean, it's not hard. It's quite simple. Um, so real quick, friend, just because I want your two cents about this, to be honest with you. Um, is there such thing as a social curfew when you're in a relationship? Now, let me, let me break, let me, uh, let me paint the picture for you. Okay. Okay. So last night I was actually on the phone. I was talking to, I was catching up with a good friend of ours, actually. And, um, it got to be around 930-ish, which is typical. Yeah, it's about 930. I'm just catching up. I'm winding off my day. Me and this friend are just, we, I haven't really spoken to anybody, but they reached out. They were on my mind. So I decided to give them a call, right? Mind you. The boyfriend is here. So whatever. But he's always here. So I didn't think anything of it, right? Around, I wrap up the conversation around 930. And as I'm getting off the phone, the boyfriend goes, any much longer. And I'd have had to put you, I'd have had to send you, put you in timeout for breaking your curfew. I said, excuse me? Now, mind you, he was joking. So I didn't take it completely like, wait a nigga, like, you about to get put out of my house. What do you mean? But he was like, nah. He said, there's a, he's, he said in his terms, after a certain hour, I don't think it's appropriate for you to be, like for us, not just me, but for us to be on the phone or entertaining people outside of, you know what I'm saying, you and I, unless we're out and about. But if we're in the house, we should be winding after, after around like 10 o'clock, we should be, you know, saying phones down. And at first, I was like, that's a little controlling. Like, I think I can handle my social, my, you know, I can handle my friend group. I can handle saying, hey, guys. It's getting a little late. Let me jump off of here at any point in time, right? But then I thought about it. My phone goes on do not disturb at 10 o'clock anyway. So to an extent, I've already put myself on kind of a, a curfew, so to speak, a time where I kind of rather, I need to be winding down and preparing for better night's rest anyway. But to have somebody say it to me out loud, it's like, it's kind of like It's kind of like how you was getting ready to like, clean your room or wash the dishes or do something then some then your mom or somebody like go clean the room it's like well i don't want to do it now like i was going to do it but now you told me to do it so fuck you <laughs> yeah like it's kind of like that like bitch i was getting ready to do it you. any motherfucker or i ain't gonna hold you i ain't a i ain't never heard of that shit before in my life first like thing. is that a thing it's not a thing to me i ain't never heard of that shit before in my life i ain't never ever 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 heard it but also for me my experience is different i do not live with my significant other. I have whoa, never whoa, lived. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't live together. I have whoa, not whoa. spent six out of seven nights with a person. Is that Thank better? you. Thank you. Girl, fuck out of here. Now you want to <laughs> now, now do semantics? I'll be. After you interrupted this podcast twice to sing your niggas' praises, now you want to. Okay. Any fucking way. We don't live together. So, y'all spend, he just pays right here. Y'all, ma'am. Y'all, sp- y'all spend six out of every seven nights together. Your words, not mine. I do not do rent, that. But he don't live here. Shut up. Because yeah, I'm trying to make a point. And, and I, I keep getting frustrated because you keep saying bullshit. So me, me and mine have a very different dynamic than you and yours. Right? So therefore... If you're not in the same, if you're not in my, if you're not in the same space, you can't tell me when to go to bed because nigga, we not in the same space. Me and her have a very different time clocks too. Like, so I ain't never heard of that. But also, I know when we're together, you know, especially after a conversation, like we try to kind of again because we're not together as much as 
you guys are. We try to be very much, you know, cognizant of like, okay, this is me and you time. I might put our phones down. It's not a curfew. It's like, okay, we're hanging out together. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Let's focus on who I'm hanging out with. Especially for me, because I'm addicted to my phone. I'll be, I, I mindlessly just be checking shit on my phone. And like, I ain't realize it because I'll be listening to conversations. I'll be listening to her. I'll be listening to you. But I'll also be looking at my phone. She was like, Diddy, stop. <laughs> like, hey. If you, and you know, she's just like, pick that phone up one more time. We'll see what happens. You know, you take that type shit. But yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, it's not a curfew thing. It's more so it's like, when you're with your partner, you know what I'm saying? Especially depending on how frequently y'all see each other and depending on what, what y'all doing. Like if we're just, you know, watching Netflix or some shit, you know what I mean? Like whatever. We'll both on our phones, you know, whatever. She'll fall asleep. I'll be, you know what I'm saying? I'll be watching the shit on my phone, whatever. It's not, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not done deep. It's not, it's not that deep enough to me to kind of make it a thing. It's more so it's like, okay, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. I'm going to stop talking to niggas. I ain't, I ain't really going to accept phone calls after a certain point. Cause I'm, cause I'm getting ready to go to sleep. It's not, oh, you know, my, my, my partner. You know what I mean? It's not that deep. It's more so. It's like it's a, it's a personal thing. It's like, after you know, you need kind of time to yourself. And if you are going to sleep with someone else in your part in your, your your space, that you know, the closer you are to bedtime, the more it's just you, you y'all two. It's not like a, oh well, you know, it's ten o'clock. You know, let me go. You know, it's not that deep for me. That's why I never heard of that shit. It, 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 it may, it's one of those things where, like, when you when you explain it, it makes sense. So like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have like. Put it like this way. After a certain, you know, after probably like 10 o'clock, if any, if any woman calls my phone who's not y'all, there's questions, right? It's like, mm-hmm. who, who the fuck is calling your phone to play? I'm like, it, it's Alex. It's Jade. It's Tanea. It's, it's the women that you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, if it's, if it's some, some random, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not answering you. To, I don't know. I mean, you, may, if the, you may want something really important from me. I'm not answering you. Cause no, that, I, I believe in avoiding unnecessary arguments. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, my phone does not ring after ten o'clock anyway. So, but I'll be real. I am um, I am the kind of partner I am. I do spend a lot of time on my phone. Like I'm the type of person where my phone is attached to my hand a lot of times. Am I am I very proud of that? No. But when my partner asks me, "Hey, babe, I need you off your phone. Hey, babe, can we spend some time with our technology down?" I try to honor that. So when I say like a social curfew, if he's here, if like my boyfriend is here and present by 10 o'clock, I try to at least be off my phone and try to give him more, more attention. Like, if, especially if we're in bed together, I absolutely am not answering my phone. Like if we're cuddling, watching TV, that motherfucker, it would have to be Jesus on the main line or my mama, preferably my dad. That are, that's pr- pretty much the only people. If you're not saved in my faith, I'm not answering the phone. If our conversation is not pinned to the top of my text thread, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, there's no sense of urgency for me to get to you. I'll be real with you. That's been my attitude since I got in my relationship in general at all. If you're not, if you have to literally be somebody of relative importance to me in order for me to leap to, to get to my phone. If that's not the case, I'm cool. Yeah, like I said, it's not, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not like a standard, it's not like a hard set rule, it's more so, it's just like, how, whatever feels right, but it's also like, again, at the end of the day, we both, we, everybody grown, you can do, you can make, you can make your grown decisions and do what you want, but you know, you try to be considerate of your partner, you try to be considerate of your partner's feelings, and 
go for it in whatever way makes people happy. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's not that deep to me. And, you know, if, if beloved say, hey, nigga, put your phone, you know what I'm saying? Let's focus. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, my bad. You know, I be tripping sometimes. But that's it. You know, just a little bit. See, Diddy, would you like to end this on a positive note? <sighs> yes, ma'am. Um, my positive note for the week is no matter what, stay true to yourself. And I think in today's day and age, we sometimes we feel the need to like put on for the people, put on for the public, put on a persona, put on, you know what I'm saying? Like whether it's to, you know, put on a persona, whether it's to garner sympathy, to, to garner favor, whatever the case may be, sometimes we feel the need to kind of put on for the public. And I, I think it, it, it becomes a detriment to us after a while. You know what I mean? Because especially in a in day and age where you don't know what's real and what's not, like, you know, the deep fakes, you know what I'm saying, on social media, the, 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 the fake headlines. The deep fakes are my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? You don't know what's necessarily real. So you owe it to yourself to be real to yourself and to be real to the people around you. You know what I mean? That's I think that's my positive note. Like, look, man, like you ain't got a, you ain't got a lot of ticket. You ain't got to fake the funk. Be real with yourself. Be true to yourself. And if you're worried about being true to yourself is going to lose some people around you, you didn't need them around you anyway. I agree. Um, my positive note is actually the same as last week. Take care of yourself. If you haven't, it's absolutely time to start taking your vitamins, boosting up in that vitamin E in your water intake. The weather is changing. Um, we are officially in fall, first day of fall. And just honestly, take care of yourself. Do not stress out over the things you cannot control control your controllables and and honestly honor your feelings that that's it from your girl it's your girl ali nicole it's your boy c diddy we are out of here peace. peace yo i'm about to take a chance yo blindfolded with the free throw little mama playing a defense two seconds on the clock i'm gone so about to show about to show about to show my shot yo about to show about to show about to show my shot